Hello and welcome to the Classic Gamers Guild podcast. I'm here with Paul. How are you doing today, Paul? Hello, mate. I'm well. How are you? I'm doing all right, thank you. So, a couple weeks ago, we were actually talking about the fact that it was the 30th anniversary of Heroes Quest, and then later known as Quest for Glory. Uh, And it just occurred to me that earlier this year was the 30th anniversary of another one of my favorite adventure games of all time, Space Quest 3. You're a fan of uh, the Space Quest series, right? I am. Of course you are. Of course you are. Because if you weren't, you would be kicked off the show. So, uh, March, I believe, of 1989, uh, Space Quest 3 came out. Space Quest is probably my favorite Sierra series outside of Quest for Glory, and 3, I actually like to think, is probably the best of that series. What do you think? I wouldn't argue that. I, I, I've i got a weird... Space Quest is... I, I think I like it so much because it's like a tie for first between like three of them. I, I really I really like 3, 4, and 6 a lot. But but yeah, for argument's sake, I'd I'd say so. It it's it is the bloody like paradigm of of adventure games for me. Space Quest Three. It, it, it's like peak peak Sierra. It, it's it's got all the feels. They they had everything figured out, but you know by this third game, um, it, it was it was definitely definitely peak before they switched over to like SCI. It was it was like the fi- one of their finest offerings. Um, well, actually, it is SCI. It was the first of the Space Quest to be an SCI. First of them, okay. Yeah. My my, mis- my mistake. Uh, so you were saying three, four, and six. Uh, funny enough, I actually personally preferred uh, one, three, and five. Not not in that order of preference, but uh, order of chronology. Uh, I've played and finished two a long time ago. I only really did it once because it just never really brought me back to it. Uh, four was a really good game, but I never really felt the desire to play it again. But one, three, and five, each of them I played like multiple times over and over again. Well, I've got a, a lengthy counter as to why you're wrong. No, obviously, I, I, I do get that. I one's one's kind of got that like it's got like a free pass because because it, it's one. But but if I was being fair, it was it was a little more boring than I maybe remembered it being. Really? Yeah. When I when I went back to it recently, um, I but a lot of it too is I I I got a lot of the Space Quest games mixed up. Like for a long time, I thought four was five and five was four. So. Probably just confused a lot of people when talking about them. <laughs> um, but I, yeah, I, I thought one for some reason I, I, and this is from like my old childhood memory. So you know, give me some slack. But I, I thought one was three for like a long time until, until I went back to them Wait, recently. Ha- how? I don't know. It, it was more like just mental imagery, uh, like a recap of it, and, and I kind of told myself that like Monolith Burger, and specifically the, the when you're in the. Um, the garbage dump, getting the spaceship. I, the, for some reason, I, I copy and pasted those visuals to the first one. Oh, weird. So, yeah, so when I went back and played the first one, I was obviously a little disappointed. Right. Well, I think we, even though we exactly disagree on our favorites, <laughs> I think we, we can agree that, that Space Quest Two was probably the weakest. Right, yeah. I, yeah, I would agree with that. Uh, and so we also, so we agree that Two was probably the weakest. We agree that Three is probably the best. And then we disagree on all the rest from there. Is that, is yeah, that how yeah, it goes? Exactly. Yeah. exactly. Yeah. So we agree on just enough for this episode, I think. All right. Sounds good. Let's begin. <laughs> um, Space Quest 1, um, I'd say it's kind of like really close 
between three and five for my favorite three being definitive five being like just a hair under and one just being like a hair under that like space quest one is probably my third just because it's like um you know there's a few design choices uh there's uh it's a really short game uh but otherwise it's just fantastic like i i love the it nails a certain tone very perfectly for me that i i think probably isn't um i, I think they only really came closest with Space Quest 3 in terms of matching that tone, where it is basically a sci-fi game first with Easter eggs, as opposed to when, uh, you know, later in the series when it just became full on parody, uh, of which it, it's not neither here nor there because Space Quest 5 was full on parody. And that's also one of my favorites. But um, Space Quest 1, it, it just... It was actually kind of really, other than like Easter eggs, it was kind of, uh, it was played pretty straight. It was just like a space adventure game with just references here and there. Yeah, no, I, I agree. It, the Space Quest one was actually, it was actually kind of intense. Like mm -hmm. that, that, that might sound like I'm exaggerating, but I'm kind of not. Like, and, and going back to it recently, I mean, it, it, it has a creepy, I mean, if you look at it in a different, in a different light than how we all remember Space Quest, which is more the parody side. But if you kind of free your mind of that for a second, it, Space Quest 1 starts off with like, you know, like, like an alarm flashing and dead bodies everywhere. Mm -hmm. And there's, you know, there's a few, a few scenes where when I went back to Space Quest 1, I was expecting something lighter, I think I, I could say. Yeah. I, I, again, that might sound silly, but, but if it sounds silly, go revisit one again, because it is, it is kind of shockingly intense. Like you said, you said it best. It's a space, a space sci-fi game first with Easter eggs. You said it perfectly. Yeah. But, um, but I will say on the contrary, I think three is, is, is a huge departure from it. I feel like three is, is the begin the, when they, they almost kind of retconned it into more of a parody like series. But I, yeah. I do see three is the start of that for sure. Well, for one, it was, uh, I, I agree with like it being scary because I remember especially playing it when I did. I played it on an old, my old, uh, my first computer, which is an amber monochrome. I think this is like the third game I ever played on that computer. And the second, um, the, the second Sierra game I ever played was Space Quest One. And so playing it on this amber monochrome screen and, um, you know, things were a little bit slower now, uh, you know, or sorry, not now. Things were a bit slower then. You know, you can speed things up quite a bit now. And, um, but at the time, even at its fastest, it was really quite a slow-moving game, which kind of just added a lot to the tension for me, especially when your character goes from screen to screen and amongst all these dead bodies everywhere, you you find out pretty quick that uh, you're basically the only survivor, except for like you talk to one guy moments before he dies, and then you are like literally the last one. And then every now and then it'll be like, they'll say you hear footsteps coming. Right. And then you got to right. find a way to either backtrack off the screen if you have nowhere to hide or you have to hide behind something so that they don't see you because these aliens are marching around searching for survivors that they that they'll shoot on site. And I really want to make this clear that I am talking about the original Space Quest one, the AGI version, because the when it was remade into VGA, uh, I'm not sure if there was also an EGA version, but, you know, basically the point and click uh, SCI version. I found that they really ruined a lot of the tone by really going with a very heavily on more of a comedic tone. I think that's probably a lot of the more consistent with later games in the series. I kind of went with more um, goofy comedy, but it was kind of um, very stark contrast to the feel that I got from playing the first one 
in the original AGI because you know now like uh, apparently your ship looks like a roast goose or something like that, and you know right, it's like yeah, yeah. You, you you look it looks like a cooked chicken for some reason because that's funny to some people I guess yeah. I don't know your ship is old and, meat yeah. Right? And like, rather than this this feeling of like you just being like the only one wandering around these empty halls with like dead bodies everywhere, now they have like these robots flying around, w- flailing their arms in the air, screaming. And it's like, well, yeah. that just uh, really, yeah, robots with Kermit the Frog arms. Yeah, yeah, exactly, Kermit <laughs> arms. <laughs> no, no, you're right. It's almost like Sierra also forgot. That, that Space Quest One w- was was darker. Let's just say, um, you know, kind of like what we were saying. Like you, you, you kind of forget. You, you bundle it all together and, and think of it as the, the lighthearted parody, spoofy kind of universe. And and uh, yeah, I mean, Sp- uh, Sierra was definitely, I would say, trying to to force the first one into being like the third onwards ones. You know, yeah. Like and it, it I, I hated the VGA because the the artwork to me. Um, the art direction, sorry. The the art direction yeah. to me was, was very Leisure Suit Larry. Like it just didn't, I don't yeah. know, it didn't seem to yeah. fit Space Quest for me. It, it it looked just so much like the Leisure, Leisure Suit Larry VGAs and um, it was just a little too, little too cartoony. Like it, I can, you know. Yeah, I can kind of agree with that. It was very like Leisure Suit Larry 5 kind of look to it, which is fine with your Leisure Suit Larry 5, but not so much when you're Space Quest 1. And don't get me wrong, for people who... I think about this, uh, who were just like, oh, what about this was hilarious, this was hilarious. Oh, Space Quest 1 was hilarious as well. Like, there were some really good moments in there that were that were pretty funny. But it's just, uh, you know, there are these moments of comedy in amongst, like, this, uh, what what is at its heart just a sci-fi adventure. And, you know, there are things like um, the Blues Brothers playing at this uh, in the cantina. And then there's ZZ Top sometimes. And, uh, you know, the... I don't know. It's it's even kind of hard to th- even think of really hilarious moments because it really was just kind of played as like, uh, you know, there's some wry humor here and there, but it was just like, um, I you know, I I hate to keep saying this over and over again like a broken record. It was just a sci-fi adventure. Yeah. No. Absolutely. And and also to anybody, you know, th- thinking conversely, it's kind of like think of it as these kinds of series that go on. For a while, they 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 take a little time to find their personality, you know, mm-hmm. find their feet and exactly who they are. And and Space Quest One, probably two as well, just isn't. It's just not on the nose how yeah. it became. Like from from I think three onwards, definitely three because because of the Arnold robot. Um, it was just very yeah, on the nose, which is fine. It's not a critique. I absolutely love it. But but yeah, it was it was more subtle um, for the first one. The, the humor that is. Mm-hmm. Um, so moving on to two, and I'm going to kind of have to rely on you a lot for this one because I really don't remember a whole heck of a lot about it. I know they kind of went with Planet of the Apes for the beginning, and uh, that's kind of where I, I guess um, Vohal at the end kind of has that um, Darth Vader look to him, like Darth Vader after he's been destroyed. Uh, and that's kind of all I really remember about that game because, like I said, it, it didn't really get, like, it didn't capture me the way. Uh, any of the other games did yeah exactly it, it was i mean i i guess unfortunately the most memorable part about this game for me probably is that bloody maze in the garden yeah yeah there's and that, that that's a rough way to be remembered in an adventure game is by a maze because you know and obviously not remember because it it's fun i I'm, i really like the beginning of space quest 2 where you're like out on the deck and, and your broom 
your broom drifts off into space or whatever and you get called in. Um, I don't know why. I, I, I liked that a lot. but And I did like the army of um, salesmen at the end of it. I think just to even look at it. Right. Yeah, yeah. Um, it was, you know, it was a kind of a cool, a cool aesthetic, especially at the time or whatever. But, but yeah, I, I've, I've mentioned before on the podcast, so I won't harp on it, but I, I just thought it was a huge mistake to, to take a, a space quest game where you can uh, go anywhere in the known galaxy and make up anything you want. And then to have the player spend the whole game in a jungle yeah. was just, <laughs> just a huge oversight, perhaps. Like, like, I feel like it was just some person at Sierra stopped and was like, Hey, why are we? Like do you Why do you get very many changes of scenery? Like there's the ship, there's the jungle planet. Uh, was there anything else? Because at least you know, even Space Quest One, you got like, uh, you had the um, uh, the Arcadia ship. Then you escape that and you go to the um, uh, what's it called? The um, the, the yellow planet. Yeah, the, yeah, the the sand planet. Oh damn, I f- totally forget what it's called. Um, and then even then, you travel into a different section of that where it's the Ulans Flats. Um. And then from there you fly over to the Deltar, so there's at least like a good four locations, good uh, scene changes there. Um, yeah, no, that, that's a good point too. And I, I think you're hitting the nail on the head as to why two, it feels so stale. Like you know, maybe I, I might hyper focus on the, their choice to put it in a jungle, but I think it more comes down to what you're saying because in two you get the, be- the very very short part of the beginning. You know, you're in the spaceship, and then the meat of the game is is just green. It's just a green game for a long time. You're mm-hmm. just in a really green and brown forest. And, you know, I'm sure there's, there's a bunch of different backgrounds, but it, it all just looks like trees and water. And, and then, then there's the very end scene where you're with Vol and, and he makes the, the guys, yeah. whatever, the salesman. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So even talking about it, I, I stopped paying attention to myself. <laughs> <laughs> I'm already bored of this. Let's move on. Space Quest 3. Um, and this is kind of like, I think, where they hit the peak balance between the two. Between, it was still this, um, it was still this sci-fi adventure game. But it also had a lot of parody to it. Uh, so they had, like, like you mentioned before, they had the Arnoid, the Annihilator. So he was pretty much just, um, the Terminator and coming after you. And then you have, like, um, the, the Aluminum Mallard, which is, uh, basically the Millennium Falcon. Uh, that doesn't look too much like it, but obviously it's in the name, right? Right. Um, and then you get like Monolith Burger, which is obviously Space McDonald's. Um, which, damn, now I want McDonald's. It always does that oh, to yeah, me. me too. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay. Uh, and then uh, once you escape in the Aluminum Mallard into space, you have several different, uh, you know, there's like free planets in Monolith Burger. And you can actually at any time go back and forth between them. Uh, you won't survive very long in Ortega unless you have the thermal underwear, but otherwise you could say where you want to go at any time. So that was really kind of cool. It kind of opened it up to a little bit more. It felt more explorative at this point. Yeah, but, exactly. That, that's my biggest takeaway from this too. It was, it was, I think the first time in a game as well that I felt like I was, I was in a world and I could go where I wanted to go. Mm-hmm. Yeah. In space, no less. Yeah, Exactly. And uh, and and again, you know, there's there were some uh, funny references like the Nukem Dukem robots, right? Which is obviously like the um, uh, Rock'em Sock'em robots. And yes. um, but ultimately, again, it came down to um, it, it came down to just being a sci-fi adventure. And sure, there was the things like oh, you know, the the goal in the end is to save the two guys who are the the literal designers who made the actual game. 
and you return them to Sierra and you meet Ken Williams at the end. And it's, it's funny and it's great. And it's hilarious. It's like, you know, one of the few times, uh, you know, the fourth wall breaking actually kind of worked for me as humor. But again, it, this was still at a time when it was very much like it wasn't, there were parody elements to it, but the game itself wasn't a parody or at least not, it didn't feel that way to me in tone. Yeah. It, Cause I don't think it didn't lean. It didn't lean too heavy into the fact that that it that it could have fun and it could be silly, uh, you know what I mean? Like I feel like mm-hmm. if it was just jokes and gags, you know, we we would be recollecting it much differently in, in a more hollow sense. But but like you're saying, like they stuck to they stuck to making it an adventure. Like what if what if you were just some guy and you could go where you you know wherever mm-hmm. you want to go and, and explore these different kind of worlds? Like it it definitely worked. There was still like objectives and A to Bs, and then you know had fun with it on the way. And as far as the, the, the fourth wall breaking, that uh, was one of the many times that, that I, I, it got me. I, I really liked it once again. <laughs> yeah. Actually, I, I shouldn't even really say fourth wall breaking. I mean, I guess it kind of is, but I think it's more, uh, I, pro- I think probably a better term for it is just the meta humor. Because it's not really fourth wall yeah, breaking. They don't really like true. turn to the camera and say, hey, get that thing. But uh, it is more just sort of like, you know, there's meta humor and that there's jokes that we are obviously supposed to know are real life references um, to like the literal two guys from Andromeda and literally Sierra headquarters with Ken Williams and that sort of thing. So, you know, uh, the meta humor was on point. Um, yeah, I actually the, really enjoyed it in this one. I did too. And I, I remember as a kid, I, I loved, I loved the, the, how self-aware it was. Not that I would have known to have called it that as a kid, but, um, but I, I just loved how it, they ended up in Sierra and, and it, it did, um, Sean Mills kind of alluded to this brilliantly, which is like they did a great job of making themselves larger, larger than life. Yeah. These game devs at Sierra at that time, you know, and, and this game hits that right on the head where it's like, you know, suddenly they feel like legendary people that, uh, yeah. that you'd want to meet. I think three actually started a lot of these little trends that sort of persisted throughout the series. Like, uh, I think because three did introduce monolith burger which i think appears uh, uh at least in number four and possibly numbers did it did it did monolith burger appear again after four i can't remember but um i feel like it did but yeah i, I couldn't actually say confidently where and when but it, yeah. i think it had to have it was in jones in the fast lane that's true yes <laughs> yeah <laughs> with astro chicken yeah well the best, the best thing to do for four, I guess, is is it, it was the, as you mentioned earlier, the time travel through through kind of different games, mm-hmm. and then you're being hunted down by by Vohal, but he's like, he's like Sludge now. <laughs> oh, okay. And and so so you, you basically you're being chased through time. Um. So you go like uh, this is one I think you start off in Space Quest Ten. But it, it it was kind of okay. There is no Space Quest Ten technically, but in the game, it's like um, when you go through time, you know, at the top at the top of the screen, it'll switch from Space Quest Four to say Space Quest Ten. Yeah, and it it plays out as like kind of like a chapter. Like Ten was like the latex babes of Estros. Astros? That's right. Yeah, Estros. Estros. So it's like you spend the actual amount of time in in the future in Space Quest Ten. Um, and that's it's the the girls you you know you end up under the cave and you end up rescuing them and that's I think yeah then you leave them in, in their cave dwelling thing and go to the mall. Um, but yeah, I, I guess you could just say it's, it's it's like a time jumping running away from being killed, which I guess is kind of happening. It's mm-hmm. kind of a theme, right? Roger being chased by somebody. 
And this one, I, I really felt is where they really start to go very heavy on the references as humor. Uh, because they like, you know, there's the, one of the puzzles is that you have to capture the Energizer bunny and steal his battery. And then, you know, you go to um, Space Quest 10, which is the uh, latex babes of Astros, which is like a full on parody of the leather goddesses of Phobos. Right. And then, right. you know, there's so many like different. Uh, I, I just felt this is sort of like the part where Space Quest turned into more of like like what you said, uh, Space Quest 1 VGA was trying to be. Yes. Yeah. And and that's probably, I would guess that the VGA remake was probably done around the same, around the time as four. I'm totally guessing. Yeah. Um, but, but it, it would kind of, kind of make sense. Like it almost tried to, you know, shoehorn one into looking like this, this exact game. You're right. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. It's really, it's kind of similar to three for me. You're, you're right. It is, it is a little heavier in the hand as far as, as far as parody and everything's concerned. Um, but but it it reminds me very much of three. Just a lot of parallels as far as just being chased. Maybe it's because of the visuals of the worlds that you go to. Um, but, and I'm not saying that in a bad way. It's one of my favorites. I think it was. It almost felt like an ex- an extension of three. Um, right. Obviously, with, with a slight, you know slightly different plot. You're being like chased, a sequel. Times different. Yeah. Did this four f- seem like a sequel to three? <laughs> almost. Not exactly. <laughs> Um, <laughs> what's this new term you've come up with sequel <laughs> it'd be really interesting if it seemed like a sequel um so okay well i don't remember a lot of the details i just remember that the general premise of it is that you're saved by a person who turns out to be your son um from the future and he saved you because uh he needs you to survive long enough to meet his mother uh your future wife, or we would assume your future wife. We'll get to that in a second. <laughs> and, um, yeah. uh, and then he, and then, you know, he shows you, um, I think you pointed out the, it's kind of hilarious. He's like, I can't tell you too much about her, but here's her name and what she looks like. <laughs> and, <Yeah. laughs> and um, basically introduces you to um, the character that you're going to spend like the entirety of space West five trying to eventually win over. So, uh, getting to Space Quest V, this is like, um, this is kind of when it really just committed to the parody. Like, this is just when they just, like, didn't give a crap anymore. They're just like, okay, just all-out parody. Um, every, every step, everything, every item, every moment, every piece of this game is a parody of something. So, like, the general premise of the game is entirely Star Trek. Like there's no part of it that isn't Star Trek. Like you become the captain of your sh- of a ship finally, and you know you've got the characters who are kind of based on Star Trek characters. Um, you know the the uniforms are very kind of um, uh, calling back to sort of a, a Star Trek kind of style. Yeah, the, and the even, whole, just out, even just even just outside university, of that, yeah. Oh, sorry, I was gonna say, like the whole university, the way it starts off in the beginning, it just has a very you know Starfleet yeah. Enterprise sort of feeling, like an yeah. Academy. It's definitely supposed to be a Starfleet, um, uh, what you call it, um, analogy. There's a better word for that, but that's what I'm going with for now. Uh, <laughs> and even then, like you know, and even when you're going through the school, you'll see things like there will be an alien, and he's wearing like a Starfleet Academy uniform. Right, alien is in like the xenomorph from the alien movies, 
Right, and right. Uh, you'll be walking down the hallway and you'll see Obi-Wan fighting Darth Vader in a lightsaber battle down one of the halls. And, you know, you'll you'll take a test um, and, and, you know, your final exams you're, you're taking and Worf is sitting behind you. And, you know, just, just every screen, every single thing, every moment in this is a parody, contains a parody or is a parody of something. And because they just like went full out. And and again, like, you know, they they do it well because what they do is they kind of um, if there is a sort of a parody, it, it's something that you can just ignore. If you don't understand the reference, it doesn't really affect you negatively. Like you'll still get the idea of what's going on, even if you don't happen to know where the, what movie or TV show this reference is from. Or sometimes they'll even have like, I can't think of like a really good example, but I did uh, think about this last time I was playing through it a couple of years ago where a lot of the references are layered. So it's actually kind of like one joke references a couple of different things. So even if you miss one, there's still possibly something else that you can find funny about it. Uh, so as I mentioned before, this is the second time that you come across an Android that's sent to you by the, uh, the Jipazoid novelty company. So it's just like this little, <laughs> this little toy manufacturer just keeps sending these death droids out to kill you for stealing their whistle, <laughs> which is kind of funny, which is really funny in and of itself. Um, and, um, I love it because at no point, it, it, you know, when that when the second game did you ever think that that would stick? Like it yeah. just seems just seemed like a, a you know a, a dodgy kind of joke, sort of You're like oh, whatever the whistle. And it's just man, it's relentless from there on out. <laughs> the, like the Jipozoi novelty company is pretty much like your main antagonist in the series by this point. Yeah. I think even Vohol uh, just basically got salt, settled by the end of four, and this one's going to haunt you all the way to six. Yeah. But basically you uh, early on in the game you meet uh, you finally come across your uh, destined to be uh, uh baby mama, I guess. <laughs> we'll we'll call her because whether or not you actually get married is kind of up in the air. Um <laughs> and so it's you know yeah, so you know you basically have to end up together and that's basically and uh, you know all stuff happens um a plot between um uh, the primordial soup goop thing that's like a revert the turning people into these like sludge monsters, um, which I think uh, Quirk had a hand in or something like that. You know, the, the intricacies of the story, as many times as I played it, it never really stuck with me. It's all, it's, it's been a game about moment to moment, and all the moments are great, even if I can't mentally connect them into like one solid plot. Yeah, that's a great way to put it. You know, I've, I've, when when you asked me to describe four, and I realized I kind of couldn't, even after kind of championing it for for a bit, that's a great way. That's exactly why, though, because with the Space Quest games, it, it's so moment to moment. Like it's it's not even really about the big picture. You just you know, like I don't know, I, I'm going different places because I have to. Like whatever, it's yeah. it's not about that. It is it is just the these the moments and and how they piece together. Which is weird because there actually is like this one actually did make an earnest attempt to have like a really good story to it. If you actually pay attention and you follow through what's going on, there's like this whole story about like uh, about what happened. It's just hard to remember it because all the moments just outshine it. No, but that, that's a good point. That not not to skip quickly over because I, I do think five is it has the best story structure of of them all. Mm-hmm, like absolutely, it's a it's like a really solid, surprisingly complex story. Yeah, which is revealed and, to you uh, bit by bit. 
Right, exactly. Yeah, it's probably the like the smartest of of all the games. The, the smartest in the way it goes about everything. It, it doesn't. It doesn't go super. I mean, not to contradict you because I I agree with what you said in the beginning, but I, the delivery of of the silliness is um, it, it's 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 more subtle than than four. You know, mm-hmm. uh, even even probably three. Um, you know, with like the, the Arnold cop comes to mind as just being super on the nose. Where five is it's a little. I th- I do think it's a little sleeker in in its references. Um, maybe that's just because it has a strong story. I don't know. I, I think the there they really doubled down on the references at any rate. If if for nothing else than in quantity. Um, but again, like I said, a lot a lot of it is a sort of like. Um, well, actually, no. It's, it's not even like they were subtle about it. Like the you know the spike your little pet is a face hugger from Alien. Uh, or at least like a ripoff of it, um, you know the the female android, the female Arnold android, basically becomes a member of your crew. Um, Cliffy is basically Scotty from Star Trek, and there's, there's so many um, references and parodies in this thing. It is there. It it really is. Um, uh, they they really did kind of really go all in with the uh, inside jokes on this one yeah, compared n- to compared to any of the games that came before it. I definitely agree. There's uh, this something in the delivery <clears throat> of it for, for me. And I, I'm kind of thinking now it's the, the, um, the aesthetics of the environment in, in space quest five is, is a bit more for lack of a better term is a bit more like serious mm-hmm. than space quest three or four, like three or four, uh, you know, they have like a really fun look to them. Like, you know, this crazy futuristic mall or, or, you know, whatever the case is where, where you spend a lot of time in, in five, you know, in the ship, for example. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I think it's almost like the environment. It, it, it doesn't, it doesn't look, it doesn't look as kind of silly. I, I, yeah. Not, I mean, I think five is definitely on the silly scale. Like, I think it's definitely on the silly side of the, of the scale. Um, I think four is probably the silliest. I think five is kind of not, as silly but kind of but it's still up there and um uh, and we'll just uh, get right to okay you meet your you meet your baby mama at the end and six is when they just go like it, i would even say the six kind of jumped the shark at this point because <laughs> and that's why i kind of never really got into it enough to really even finish it because it's sort of this is the one where they just kind of went full on like okay we're gonna if if Space Quest Five was double down on in jokes and references, uh, Space Quest Six was triple down. Like they just like crossed the line of like, okay, what is even going on anymore? And, yeah, um, yeah, it's, it's it is a sliding a, a sliding slope when you look at the Space Quest games. They they literally get get more silly each one. Mm-hmm. The the right down the line. Which, um, which again leads to some really good humor. Like there's some really funny moments in six. Uh, some of the funniest moments in the series are in six. Yeah, I, I don't mind. I I love how more serious and kind of intense one is, but I also mm. love how ridiculous six is. So yeah, going forward, there is no right or wrong. It's just just observations on both of our parts as to how they how they differ from each other. Mm-hmm. But but yeah, six. It's like you're still happy with it. I'm still, you know, I'm still traveling throughout space and I'm still this guy. And, you know, there, there's hardly any like kind of funny video games um, from this time. 
Mm -hmm. that's maybe that's harsh because i mean there's leisure suit larry arguably a lot of the lucas arts ones but but comedy was is was tough uh, it's, yeah. it's, it still is it's a really tough medium to, to tackle in in video games so i was always a, appreciative of the space quest series but six to to my verdict on it and the reason i like it so much i think is because i didn't play it uh, like growing up back in the day let's just say i played space quest one through five as soon as i could get a hold of them yeah. Um, but I, I didn't play six. Whatever life happened, I, I, I think I'd stopped playing games for a bit. So my point is, from my experience, by the time I got to play six, I was well removed of the whole experience of Space Quest. So to me, it was just like a great game. Um, right. And that's why I kind of argue that, that, well, there's no, there's no need to protest. Nothing, <laughs> nothing's going to change the companies out of business. But, but, but I was kind of trying to say to, to people skeptical is like, look at six as, as just a standalone adventure. Like, it, kind it, of. It, well, I mean, they kind of made themselves a standalone. I mean, they, the through line that they kept was the, uh, them sending these, uh, Arnold droids after you, but, um, to kill you over that whistle. But then they also completely for, as you brought up, uh, this is one that you brought up because I didn't even, even get this far into the game. Uh, you brought up that they just completely ignored the entire plot of four and five by throwing away the fact that you had, you met this woman who was supposed to be your wife and gives birth to your child. And they're like, Oh yeah, that, that, forget about that. Here's a new person for you. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And, and I guess my, my, my whole look at it as a standalone adventure, that's what I have to, tell myself to not get just kind of angry because yeah because <laughs> six really drops the ball they 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 it's like they forgot how five ended because like, it's it's i don't want to say it's five's not a cliffhanger but you do expect a continuation of the of the story and in six it's just well, like the, again uh because you mentioned before how you confuse four and five so i'm just wondering if you might be confusing them right now because four ends kind of on a cliffhanger because he introduces you to the concept that you're going to Ha uh, meet this woman eventually god yeah i really i was thinking of four again yeah. i don't know why i've got them so mixed up and see five actually could have been the end of the series because you meet her and it implies that you're going to get married and live happily ever after because like the final word the the final line of the game is that you know you say you basically give your last order to like go away and um uh whatever her, na her name is beatrice wankmeister <laughs> um <laughs> <laughs> uh, she gives a final command. It says engage and gives you a kiss on the cheek, which, you know, is the double entendre of, you know, engage the order, but also, you know, engage as in like, we're going to get married. Right. Right. And so it ends there. And that's where the series could and probably should have ended. Six. I think it, that was really affected uh, again in in a good way in my opinion, but either which way for anybody else. But it was affected a lot by the 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 voice, the ability for voice acting. You know, it, it, it was like mm -hmm. a, a another dimension added on to this this whole series. And and I mean, well, na narration from from Gary Owens that that's you know ninety percent of the the humor in this game, probably to begin with, or for me as far as humor that lands. I could listen listen to him all day. It's it's so it's so mint. But yeah, it, it was it's uh it's interesting, you know, having a take on him now now with with like more snarky back and forth and stuff like that. That was kind of unfamiliar from before. Mm -hmm. And then six also did like you know there was a lot of like I don't know humor that just never really struck me as funny. Like uh, things like uh, you, you come across that guy from um, uh, Space Quest Three who ran the uh, little 
um, souvenir shop in that game, and you come across them again, I believe, in Space yeah. Quest Six. And they like, and I don't know, they just kind of like, they they turn him into a slob, and he like, uh, which not to say that he wasn't really before, but they really like, you know, I think he like picks his ear, pulls out some wax, and eats it or something like that. It's like, really, is that kind of what we're going for now? Is that is that where our humor is gone by this point? Like, there's a lot more toilet humor yes, in this game. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. It it almost it does this game kind of does make me wonder what the other ones would have been like if they had um this this you know super high res art that they used and um and the voice acting cuz you know it really does mm-hmm. it, they 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 used they definitely used what they had. You know, they 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 went with, you know, newer newer technology, newer abilities, which is great. Um but it it just it did change it changed the the universe a little bit like that guy, and I did try and find his name before we recorded, and I couldn't find it. I'm not sure if he has one. He probably does. But anyway. Which the, one? The, who turned into a slob um, works at the store. Oh, right. Um, yeah, just looking at those guys there. He he does have a name. I know I know he does. I just forget what it is at the moment. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. I, I, I probably, my, I'm sure I'd, I should go back and look at how I tried to explain that to Google. <laughs> um <laughs> Well, yeah. Anyway, uh, that guy's name aside, my overall point is th- when when a game suddenly has like this ability to to you know do little animations like him picking his ear and eating it, like in the pixel art that might not have translated. So my point is like now that the studio and the, and the makers had abilities to to go with with voice acting and and you know more high def graphics and stuff like that. I say that you know lightly. <laughs> um, <laughs> it, it it changes like your perception of what you thought the characters were, you know, almost almost like a, a, when, a yeah. movie adaption to a book, and and it just they they just read a different book than you kind of feeling. You're like, yeah, I, I picture the main characters short and lumpy, not you know Chris Hemsworth or whatever. So <laughs> it, it's 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 like one of those <laughs> where. It, they they had the ability now to, to even just giving Roger like a voice like I never thought it would sound like that or it can be it can be a little mm-hmm. can be almost like a little jarring um, and it's it, there's so many reasons why six doesn't it doesn't work as six it just works as like a, a random game yeah because like you said five really does yeah. wrap up the the entire series quite nicely um, it, it brings a curtain to to that whole style of art and. Um, I'm guessing six wasn't made with SCI engine, so you know it brought the curtains down on on a whole era of of games, and then six comes in, you know, in, in the age of better graphics and and voice work and CD-ROM etc. And it, and it just it's it's real weird. Like I just happened to have found the game really fun to play, but I but it, I, it is fun. I like I, I don't want to sound like I'm like saying it's a bad game or anything. It just it's I just sort of it kind of really is like the 180. From where where Space Quest for me really felt like it started, um, and like I said, I I fully admit that the Space Quest Six uh, has some of the funniest moments in the entire series, probably the funniest moments in the entire, entire series. Yeah, if anything, thanks to, to uh, Gary Owens probably on that because <laughs> that makes it for me. But, but that I, too, he's probably and, and the I know best you have part. fun with the game and everything, and and I do too. It's it's just it's like I I, t- I always totally understand when people don't like the game because. On paper, I kind of shouldn't like the the story. Kind of, it, it doesn't like anger me. Like I'm gonna write a letter about it, but but it's a, it is annoying as a fan to go through the first five games, and and this one he just starts off like like 
single and and gets with like some random girl named Stella. But you know, it's it's real weird. Like there's a lot of parts about it where where it's kind of it's kind of aggravating. I personally, little things like I I much prefer like pixel art to this style. There's so many reasons I kind of shouldn't like the game. Um, but I, I, I just, it just so happens to, to be like kind of enjoyable to go through, but, but as like a space quest six, it, it's super annoying. What, what really is left to say about the series? Like, is there, uh, would you sooner get rid of, let's say space quest six is because it causes a few, um, it causes a lot of loose ends or would you rather have a space quest seven that tries to tie up those loose ends? And if you're going to go with space quest seven, you better be presenting solutions. Like you better be explaining how this stuff is going to make sense. Um, I I would say, God, probably for that reason alone too. I I would, if if I was given the rights and I and I you know these people could should, could magically make another actual you know licensed space quest game, I would act like six never happened. Yeah, I, yeah. I would, I would, I would like retcon the whole situation and 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 pick, <laughs> and pick up from five, <laughs> and it, you know you don't even have to do much. It's it's just like just don't ignore what the other games laid out. That's all. Like it doesn't. I don't need a game about him and his wife now that five ended with him getting married. But just don't have him be like you know, yeah, oddly single and and flirty and then with a different girl and no explanation. Like if they didn't even bring up women in six, everything would have made more sense. Uh, not women, but a love life for him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's right. Um, yeah, I don't know. I don't, it's weird that they would go that way. I mean, you'd you'd think it wouldn't have been that hard just to like replace that character with Beatrice Wankmeister. Like, why not just incorporate her into it? So now, uh, now that you met her, now you have to save her life, kind of thing. Like, why did they? Why did they need a whole new character? Yeah, for that? I mean, you could. You'd have to tweak the script like a little bit, but you could probably just make her stellar. Like, like, just, just have the mm-hmm. the girl love interest in six just be your bloody wife. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I, you know, there's, there's kind of no reason <laughs> Stellar couldn't be Beatrice. It's just, it's really strange. They, they just dropped that. I, I'm, I've never thought about it before this moment, but uh, off the hip, I'm kind of thinking it was maybe for comedy. Like they thought they could get more out of like single guy quips and stuff like that. I, I really don't know. I don't know. I, I think it would have been. Um, I don't know. Maybe it would have been more interesting if the. Uh... Uh, presented them as a married couple because that'd be kind of funny, right? That'd be like oh, God, if yeah. they had like uh, you know, marriage squabbles and little bickerings between yeah, them that married that's couples right. would you could do. Play, <laughs> yeah, you could play the married with children angle on it real quick all day. Yeah, I, I, I prefer yeah any version j- just acknowledging that over this one. <laughs> like I've said before that they, if Roger went this went all of six without ever talking about a love interest at all, it would have been fine. Yeah. I wouldn't have felt like. Well, that's weird. He, you know, he got married in five. Where's the wife? I, I wouldn't have wondered. It'd just be like, you know, now he's off on an adventure. But it, so it was just strange that they created a problem <laughs> that yeah. wasn't that wasn't asked for. It wasn't there. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it's a good point. If you just took that out, there would be no real problems with Space Quest Six other than just, uh, you know, it, it's just the end of the evolution of space from where Space Quest started in Space Quest One to the style of Space Quest Six. But you know, all they all a lot of the series did that. A lot of them are. Uh, uh, you know, even Leisure Suit Larry, even uh, Police Quest are very different from how the series started to how they ended. And uh, for better or worse, usually not as good because, you know, um, it could have been it could have been King's Quest 8. You know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Ooh. 
Um, Got him. <laughs> uh, I, I think, and honestly, I, I keep, ha- I, I don't want to have to keep bringing up Quest for Glory, especially where it's not entirely relevant, but it's kind of relevant. So like, that's kind of like the one series that actually maintained its consistent tone throughout the entire series. Everything else really kind of evolved and uh, became, landed quite a distance away from where they started. That's a great point. Yeah, I, I, I never thought about it, but I would say probably by leagues, like it's yeah. the the most uniform, but probably by far. Um, but yeah, I, I mean, I, I guess uh, now that we've gone through the entire series, uh, but we have established that Space Quest Three was uh, was our mutual favorites, or at least that we can the one that we can agree on. Uh, is, is there anything else that remains to be said about Space Quest? Um, uh, two two things. Earlier, we we brought up uh, the you had asked about where Astro Chicken was, and I remembered it, but we'd already moved moved on to the next game. We'd already moved on to five, but in four in the mall, there's an Astro Chicken. Was it Astro Chicken um, or a Monolith? Mono, monolith. Right. Sorry. Monolith. Okay. He's everywhere. I think there's a Miss Miss Astro Chicken game you can play in, in the arcade in the mall. Oh, too. I forgot all about that. Yeah, yeah. Which, by the way, you, uh, they 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 work on Scum. You can play them just like individually. Nice. There's a little, yeah, it was, it was kind of cool. Um, what else was I going to say? Uh, I'll, I'll make this quick because we could get into it forever, and, and I know we're at the end here. But you brought up a point way in the beginning that was awesome, where you said the the slow pacing of Space Quest One worked in its advantage, mm-hmm. and th- that really got me thinking because it really does. Like like the fact that you have to kind of meander, like it, you feel really vulnerable when it takes super long to get across a room, and you know something's coming. So it's like you you know you can just kind of feel like anything around you would be faster than you and and mm-hmm. that you were in a vulnerable spot and it it seems like that that mechanic was probably a coincidence that it worked out that way for them but i, I don't think that's a risk a studio would take today like you know mm-hmm. if we make it take a long time that'll build anticipation um so that that was kind of cool i wanted to just just touch on that real fast and then the last thing i'll say on space quest was my favorite animation scene screenshot whatever from probably any adventure game ever is when the two guys are stuck in Jello in gelatin <laughs> in Space Quest Three. I love that so much. Yeah, and I bring it up just just to put it in everyone listening's heads. So they can get a mental visual of that green Jello wiggling around. That was that was so satisfying. <laughs> so that's I, um, that's my point. Yeah, no, I, I, there's so much to love about Three. Like Three is just so awesome. I especially love the fact. I know this is one of the things where I actually really love the fact that you do get to meet the two guys from Andromeda because it's just. You know, even from the beginning, there were, you know, the two guys from Andromeda. They were dressing in the silly um, pig snout and glasses and stuff like that. And it just kind of made sense that you would just run into them eventually. It was yeah, really cool that they did that. It was. And it was actually, like, really, it was really well, like, smooth. It was it was really, like, well done. It yeah. wasn't, like, forced into the game. Like, when, when I first got to Scumsoft, like, I, I took that as a, <clears throat> a joke on LucasArts or whatever and, and just kept playing the game. And then I was like, oh my God, you know, it led into the two guys. It was like the perfect barrier in, into, you know, that meta humor. It wasn't ham-fisted at all. I'm sure that uh, Scum Software kind of represents a little bit of everything. I think they just kind of took all these uh, aspects of different things and kind of um, all piled them in there. I read into it as uh, Microsoft and LucasArts. And then I think, uh, again, I heard posts here and there saying that it was also kind of a parody of the work conditions of Sierra, how they're all like kind of chained to their desks and, you know, things hovering around, uh, people walking around, cracking the whip and stuff like that. So, uh, like I said, there's a little bit of everything I'm sure was just all incorporated into it. 
Yeah, no, I'm glad, I'm glad he thought of it that way. This is this is what people argue on the internet about. Now we've, <laughs> we've got a new thing to add to the conversation. Which is why I like having a podcast, because they can't argue back. <laughs> <laughs> uh, just kidding. Uh, you can reach us at mail at classicgamersguild.com. <laughs> or you can join our page, join our group. Um, uh, you can donate to us on Patreon, so you can pay me to shut up. Uh, or pay me to talk more. It depends what you want. Uh, seriously, if you pay me enough, uh, you can kick me off the show. Get somebody else to talk with Paul. What? Or you can also <laughs> angrily tweet me at the CG Guild. That sounds confusing because it is. Um, but <laughs> uh, yeah, so that's it for our plugs. Is there anything you'd like to close out with Paul? Uh, Jesse Eisenberg was a good Lex Luthor. Oh, you're just really asking for it now. Don't do a murder. Mm-hmm.